Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, we got a couple of good games coming up today and then a couple of good games coming up tomorrow. Uh, I, I really want to go to first game coming up. It's the Los Angeles Rams. They're playing in the cold. They go out to Green Bay. A lot, majority of people on the Internet have the Green Bay Packers favorite. But let's let's uh, go back. Let's try to talk about the Rams and what kind of defense they do have if Aaron Donald does play today. Yeah, Aaron Donald will play today. We talked about this on the earlier podcast I did this morning, but Aaron Donald's going to play today. And it's going to be an exciting game because I think with him playing, the Rams are in position to win this game 27-24, get the upset get the win because I just feel like the Rams have the more complete defense and that'll be the difference in a close ball game. Yeah, definitely going to be a very close ball game. Um, They both do have playoff experience. You know, I mean, yeah, you have a Rams struggling for a quarterback. That doesn't mean much. I I, I think the Rams are a very experienced team. Uh, Like you say, um, the Rams will uh, deserve to be in this playoff divisional round, definitely. Um, the Rams are going to take a good look at the special teams also as well, and we'll see what happens. This is going to be a close game. Um, I'm predicting about 20 to 17, and I think um, I-, I went with you and I took the Rams. Yeah, I took the Rams as well. And the Rams just have – they've got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's a game-time decision, but they've got Whitworth back at left tackle. I think that's them having Whitworth and the Packers not having David Bakhtiari as a blindside for Aaron Rodgers. That gives the Rams a huge advantage. Leonard Floyd can blitz Troy Hill, um, Kenny um, Young, Michael Brockers. This Rams team just has a great supporting cast. I know they've got Donald and Ramsey, the superstars in that defense, but they got a great supporting cast as well. The Packers have Jair Alexander lining up against Robert Woods. The Rams have Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. You have a lot of exciting matchups in this game. Very true. Very true. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be uh, – it's not like a battle of quarterbacks. We're looking at the battle of how Aaron Rodgers can survive the Rams' defense, and that's what you got to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, do, you, do what, what do you uh, – so – in predicting the, um, you know, Jared Goff, you know, surgically repaired thumb and all came off the bench last week, pulled off the victory against Seattle. So basically, I think Jared Goff is in 100% condition here. I think he does carry the team out to a win here and, and keeps and the defense keeps him, uh, keeps the Green Bay from scoring a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. And that's really the thing 
you got to look at. And I think it's going to be 27-24. I think both teams are going to do a lot offensively, but the Rams are going to do a little bit more with the ball at the end of the game. They're going to find a way to win with the field goal. I don't trust Green Bay's 34 inside linebackers. I think Cam Akers is going to have a 100-yard game, and his running the football on the ground is going to be the reason the Rams make the AFC. Sorry about that anchor disconnected on us for a second, but we're back on the air. And, but yeah, we both like the, we both like the Rams over the Packers. And I think the fact that the Packers have a suspect run defense, I think Cam Akers is just going to have a huge day, a 100 yard day on the ground. And the Rams are going to control the clock, the time possession there to find a way to win this one. Definitely. Um, the other thing is we have a couple of uh, things happening in the American division tonight. tonight American uh, AFC, I should say. Uh, basically, you have the Buffalo Bills hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And this is a tough call. You have two different quarterbacks, very good quarterbacks, facing off against each other. You have Lamar Jackson, who's coming into Buffalo. It's probably going to be cold. Um, and uh, you have Josh Allen on the opposite side. What do you take, the young gun or the person that can run with the ball and you never know what's going to happen? And that's uh, – it's been a question, and I've seen a different different takes on different uh, websites and especially, and, our, and ours as well. So who do you, who do you like it? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um Here's the thing with this game. The Bills-Ravens, I was originally going to take the Ravens. Marcus Peters is expected to play, but I flip-flopped to the Bills at the last minute because I thought Marcus Peters wasn't going to play. And now this game honestly feels like a coin flip because both defenses are going to be at full health. I expect a defensive effort from both teams. And Joey's just joined us on anchor, so if he wants to talk about the Packers-Rams game briefly, he can, but... I want to get everyone's thoughts on the Ravens-Bills game first because I honestly think this game is a coin flip between Baltimore and Cleveland. I mean, Baltimore and Buffalo. Cleveland's playing Kansas City, but I am taking Buffalo. Both, all four of these playoff games feel like coin flip games. They're that evenly matched. But I'm taking the Bills to beat the Ravens 24-20. Yeah, I mean, you got to see what's going to happen here. Um, and I'm going to take the the – I, I don't remember what I took on uh, Draft Utopia. Took the bills on Draft Utopia. Took yeah, bills. I took the Bills on Draft Utopia. I think that's all together. The Bills just have what it takes. I mean, Josh Allen, <laughs> the way that he can move, and he'll be very impressive. And it's going to take a lot for the, for the defense to stop them. Uh, so I'm going to take the uh, – Buffalo Bills here, 27 to 20. Win by a touchdown. All right, Lauren. This is something that uh, I had Chris do on Draft Utopia here a few minutes ago. Uh, I want to get from you because I'm really curious. It's called uh, Two Keys and a Lock. Two Keys and a Lock. Um, what are your two keys to the Bills winning? And what is your lock on what will happen in that game for the Bills that will propel them to win? Well, 
what will happen. <laughs> two keys. Are you going to try to? Two uh, keys. Yeah, it's two keys. What two things you say will need to happen, and the lock. What you say will happen. You know what needs to to what needs to happen and what will happen without a doubt. Well, that's a good question. Um, well, in order to why, well, to see why the Buffalo Bills will win the game is Lamar Jackson. First of all, has not played in the snow, so if it's snowing. It's going to slow him down, and that's not to say that Baltimore can't play in bad weather, of course. Um, but I think it's a good test for Josh Allen and the Bills team. They need to have a win here. Um, it's not just about Allen. The focus of the matchup is basically two good quarterbacks, two good defenses. And the only way I see that Ravens actually pulling this off, if Lamar Jackson can survive the snow and go for over 400 yards in this game. Okay, so your two keys are the weather for Buffalo and Lamar Jackson going off. Okay, yes. so what, you know, um, for future references, just say, my, you know, my first key and my second key, you know, kind of separate them just so everybody knows they're separated. And, but now what is your lock? What is going to happen in your view that puts Buffalo over the top? Well, I think Buffalo leads the NFL in third down conversions. And if they can hit through these get get this you know if the Ravens cannot stop the Bills they will win this game I told you it's only going to be by a touchdown it's not going to be it's going to be really really close throughout the whole game so it's not going to be like oh my gosh someone's pulling away uh the Ravens just won't generate enough pass rush to get on Allen to win the game okay so you're saying that the Bills will have just interpreting here, the Bills will have over 50% completion on third down. Here is another news update for tonight's game. Mark oh, Ingram geez. scratched from the line. <laughs> running back. Back the line. Hey, we're having a discussion, Chris. <laughs> like, the Ravens running backs been scratched from the lineup. I know, but wait, wait until it, you're done it, with the discussion. Like, yeah, dude, give us a second, man. It's like, goose. Uh, uh, okay, so, Orrin, your lock is that the Bills will have at least 50% completion percentage on third down. Correct. Okay, so your keys, you know, and your lock, like, so next time you say, my lock is, <laughs> you explain it. Okay, yeah, it's like, it's, I know it's, it's something I just pulled on Chris at the last minute too, so I'm not gonna, you know, go against anybody, you know, for as like 
hey, we're just going to do two keys and lock. Oh, what's two keys and lock? I was like, I don't know. It's like, okay, I'll explain to you as we go. Um, but, yeah, it's like. Well, you know, you want to you go back to the uh, game. The game, yeah, basically uh, the, 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 the early game, the, NF, the uh, Rams and Green Bay. Is that what you wanted to discuss? Chris? Chris? Yes, that was the game I wanted to discuss. Okay, go ahead. Did Joey have some thoughts he wanted to discuss on that? What I was going to discuss was the Ravens losing Mark Ingram, not having him. How does that affect this game? That was what I was going to bring up with you. Because uh. this is what happened on the last podcast we did. We were talking about how Marcus Peters was going to be out, and then Jason Bannell reported, who does picks with Ward and I on the site, he reported that Marcus Peters will play tonight. Right before we were going to end uh, the last podcast, Joey and I did on Talk Show this morning. So now the Mark Ingram news comes in. So there, this game just continues to pile up news and information. So Mark Ingram will sit out of this game. He's a healthy scratch, which means he's healthy enough to play, but he's been ruled that he's on the inactive list for the Ravens, basically. How does that affect the Ravens' running game? Because they still have Dobbins, they have Gus Edwards, they have Justice Hill, they have LeVar Jackson. They have weapons in the running game, even without Ingram. They have plenty. Yeah, and my thought on it is I like how Dobbins has come on lately. Uh, obviously, he isn't going to be Ingram. You know, Ingram is a seasoned veteran. Uh, Dobbins has been slow coming on. But he has come on, and it's come on at the right time. Mm-hmm. So, while I do think this is a blow to the Ravens, I don't think it's going to be as big as a blow as some people think it will be. Yeah. It's not going to be that big of a blow to the Ravens just due to how much versatility and talent they have. Right. Joey, did you want to get your thoughts on the Packers-Rams game? Because Orr and I both picked uh, Rams to win. So if you've got a Green Bay you're welcome to dish it out. Yeah, yeah, it's I I I covered this on Draft Utopia in quite detail. It's a lot of it's gonna come down to uh you have the Adams versus Ramsey. But as I told Chris, it's also gonna come down to Rogers is one of the best in the NFL after the snap. Reading defenses after the snap. He looks off safeties as well as anyone. He looks off the safeties. Then you got a true one-on-one there. Uh, and I think in a true one-on-one, it's not necessarily a true one-on-one because Aaron Rodgers is the common denominator. Like, where is he going to put that ball in? He's one of the best swinging it in the history of the game. So that and Aaron Darnold, Will not be at 100%. He won't be at 90%. Uh, he's going to be around 80%, which is still superstar caliber, but he's not going to be that all world, all world beater that where you stay. He's still going to get his pound of flesh, but he's not going to get his two or three pounds of flesh where you sink. And I think those things are entirely relevant. 
when talking about this game. And I think the Packers win this game. I think it's going to be close. I think if the Rams are at 100%, they would win this game. Um, I think if Jared Goff had played in more than two games at under 40 degrees and Aaron Rodgers wasn't at an all-world record at under 40 degrees, you know, and all these circumstances, all these circumstances are booting up against the Rams. I think the Packers win with these circumstances. Well, it just depends. I mean, what, 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 how do you stand on this, Chris? Yeah. I mean, you look at this game, I think the Rams are going to win. They just have more defensive pieces. Floyd, Kenny Young, Brockers, Tanzel Smart. I, the Packers have Kenny Clark, and they've got some good corners, good safeties with Savage and Amos. But I just feel like they're inside linebackers are suspect, and I feel like somebody like Cam Akers can exploit that, and that's why I think the Rams are going to win, because there really isn't a specific weakness on this Rams defense that Aaron Rodgers can exploit, but if he makes good decisions and out-throws Goff, avoids any interceptions, then he can win. the Packers can win this game, even well, without the, You know, it's like, you guys both know I love Akers. It's like, he was, I was a huge fan of his coming out. I thought this was an excellent pick. I thought the most tragic thing the Rams did this year was leave Akers on the bench as long as they did. So I'm saying the reason Akers isn't going to make as big an impact on this game as he should is because he doesn't have the same experience. And that is because the coaching staff did not allow him to get that experience. I think next year Akers is going to run wild, but I blame the Rams coaching staff for putting it in this situation where he is not going to make the impact he should make in this game. Or maybe they're just trying to ease his workload so that he has more carries for the playoff games. Maybe there's some strategy behind it, their decision not to play him. For 13 weeks? His first start was on December 6th against Arizona in week 13. That was his first start. So he has five starts on the year at running back. He has five starts. He he should have had 17 starts at this point. I mean, he was their best back far not. Lauren, what do you think about Akers in this situation? And it's like, did the Rams, should the Rams have, you know, allowed him to become more earlier? They're talking about Cam Akers? Yes. I mean, that's the thing is, I believe he's going to be a real special player, you know, I feel that it should have just – you're right, but sometimes when you're young, you just got to see what happens, you know. It's not like they should have put him in, should have not put him in, you know. He had up and down rookie season, you get two separate injuries. I mean, you got to – he is – he's going to be he, – he, in this game, you know, he, he's going to get – if you give him a ball, he has the ability to go, do what he did last week and get 130 yards. 
just like he did last week. So, yes, Cam Akers will make uh, uh, will change a game because Green Bay will not be able to slow him down just like uh, Seattle has didn't. Yeah, and, and I I agree with you on the future stardom. Uh, I I'm kind of you know I think that Green Bay is better defensively than Seattle. Uh, I think Seattle really came out like barn burners in the beginning of the year, but they really cooled off. I think Green Bay kind of settled down, solidified themselves a little bit. So I don't think Acres. I think Acres would have been better had he had more experience. I think Acres would have been better had he, weirdly enough, as young as he is, I would think he would have been better if he would have had more miles on him this year um, because he would have had more variety of defenses. He would have gone against more of them. He would have understood them better. And I think that's what concerns me because I know the Green Bay defense can yeah, they could switch it up. They they know how to switch things up and make things difficult, especially for a young running back or a young quarterback. You know, they're an experienced group of coaches and players. So, you know, I I worry about that with Akers. Yeah, here's another thing about this um, Ravens-Bills game before we get to the Sunday games. Here's an interesting thing. I just found, I just read a tweet. I, we found all types of tweets on the talk show, show about the Browns-Chiefs game Packers. Here's a tweet about the Bills-Ravens. Benjamin Albright just posted a $1,000 bet. Benjamin Albright, the uh, commentator on Twitter, um, the Broncos commentator, the media guy on Twitter, he just made a $1,000 bet on the Bills to win tonight's game. Damn. On the covering the spread, yeah, the two and a half point spread. So that's a twelve hundred dollar payout if he wins that bet, but he loses a thousand dollars if the Ravens uh keep it to two points or under. Well, Warren, I think we just got our winner on the most confident person of the weekend. Yeah, it, it's like two and a half points. Who's gonna win? Buffalo is favored the spread, so that means in order for Benjamin Albright to receive his money that he made with the one thousand dollar bet, he the Bills have to win by three or more points. Otherwise, and and, and if money. basically it's if the Bills lose by a. I don't know. A fluke, if, if they lose the a fluke safety. Or Benjamin Albright does not get his $1,000. I, I, what would Benjamin Albright do if he lost by a fluke safety in the fourth quarter and he lost and he was at two and a half and he lost One by game two? Is tied and the Bills get a game winning safety, but they miss a field goal to cover the spread. And he <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like, holy moly, the most confident person in the nation right now. Yeah, the most confident person in the nation right now. Yeah, it's like, 
I, I don't know. I don't think Chris would bet a thousand bucks on a spread that is under a field goal. That is wow. <laughs> so he it's a two and a half point spread. He's bet, you're betting a thousand dollars on the Bills to cover that two and a half point spread. So if it's a two point game and the Bills win on a safety, then the then Ben loses his one thousand dollars. What 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 if the Ravens get a safety? When the Bills are up one, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, could you imagine his reaction losing? It's like, it's like by one point. It's like, holy moly! Bills win by three, he wins the bet. The Bills win by two. He loses the bet. The Bills win by one, loses the bet. The Ravens win by any amount, he loses the bet. That's how gambling. Yeah, the most confident person in the nation right now. Okay, is is the leave it at that. That is freaking. That's a hell of a bet to make, Warren. What are your thoughts on this bet? I mean, whoo. Uh, I'm not gonna. But we're not gonna. <laughs> I guess we'll move on to the uh, Browns-Kansas City game. This was one of two locks in the Draftutopia website. And I'm going to make a prediction that this will be the highest scoring game in NFL history. I have it going to overtime. I have the Chiefs winning 54-48 to in overtime, breaking the high, previous highest scoring record, 51-45, where the Cardinals beat the Packers on my 19th birthday back on January 10th, 2020. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, you actually think that Kansas City is going to win in an overtime matchup in a divisional round. They're not going to let it go to even close to them. They're going to blow them out, dude. Browns might be good, but they're not as good as Kansas City. When Kansas City wants to play, unless Kansas City starts in it, fumbling the ball, they are going to win 35-10, to 10, buddy. That's it. Not even close. Well, here's here's the thing. They're favored by ten on the point spread, and the fifty-two percent of the betting action is on the Browns, not the Chiefs, but the Browns to cover the ten points in the spread. Well, here's the thing. Chris and myself went back and forth for about an hour on this here on Draft Utopia. We on talk uh, show. We, you know, we were going at it. You know, we both had great points. We both had. Hit everything positive, like, and we were in complete agreement. This is going to be a close game because the matchups, the matchups, the matchups. Okay, the Chiefs are twenty second in the NFL in rushing. They gave up four point four yards per attempt per rush. They gave up one hundred and twenty two yards per rush. They're nineteenth in rush. Joey, correction. They're nineteenth in run defense. Nineteenth. Okay, my bad. Okay, the uh, Atlanta game, but then they improved to nineteenth over the last two weeks. Okay. The- okay, my bad. But same thing. They got one hundred forty-five yards rushing, not counting swing passes, because I count swing passes as running plays. Because in coaching, we explain those as extended runs, because you're getting the ball behind the line of scrimmage and you're going. Okay, so Nick Chubb got 50 yards rushing uh, on those extended runs. 
including a touchdown. Nick Chubb got another six. So the Browns got 200 yards as far as the coaches are concerned in rushing. When the Chiefs are down, they usually have a good, you know, thing about coming back. But when the Browns are up by 10 at halftime, they do not lose that lead. They win the game. They have not lost a game when it comes to 10 points or more. Now, second, you're looking at turnover differentials. This is where one of the things Chris and myself agreed on, you know, that we do not believe the Chiefs or Browns are really going to turn over the ball. We don't think there are going to be any turnovers. So that takes us to uh, the one thing we did disagree on, penalties. Chris thought there were going to be a lot of penalties. I said, no, no, there are not going to be a lot of penalties on either side. So what we're looking at is we're looking at a revival of Texas Tech versus Oklahoma. Where Texas, Oklahoma Texas Tech 72 to 69 when Baker and Pat Mahomes were both in college. That's why I think we are going to see that today. And is Oren, if Oren's having technical difficulties, I can call him up. Yeah, just, just call him back because it's like, I think that, you know, because I really want to get Oren's uh, opinion on what we're throwing out here um, because I don't think he was in on the, I don't think he was listening to the talk to Paul. He might have been. If not, this is all redundant, but, you know, I really want to get his opinion on this. Back. Oh, there he is. Okay, excellent. Because, you know, we, we I know we're throwing a lot of information. We gave our opinions on a three-and-a-half-hour talk shoe episode that you can go and listen to on talk shoe, but I want to pick Oren's brain here. Not Absolutely. Not like just ask questions and figure out what direction he thinks these games are going to go in. Yeah, because there there is a lot, especially with the Chiefs Browns game. There, I mean, you can look at surface information that we all have. People are going to the because they're the Super Bowl champions, but there are a lot of variables that people are discounting when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. Well, not only Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns versus the Chiefs. I mean, the the matchup itself has enough variables that we could take up two or three hours worth talking about. So yeah. Or we're not going to take that much time, but go ahead, Oren. Yeah, what do you got, Oren? Okay. Well, as I said, the Chiefs will scorch the Browns and take them out of the thing, no matter what you guys come down to. Blame it on me if this goes in reverse. The well-rested Chiefs, excuse me, they had a week off. They rested their starters in week 17, too. Okay, well-rested. Well rested coach to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is not going to lose this game, folks. Um, it's no secret the Browns' defense is not as good as the Chiefs. Come on, guys. Chiefs is now, one of the or, best in the NFL. It, you know, now, or, or I've, I've got something for you here. I've got something for you here, man. Uh, this is a contradiction. Uh, of stats, and I want your opinion on it. I'm reading uh, a little, Yeah, go ahead. Let me. You guys ask me a question. Yeah. Now I'm going to lose what I wanted to say. 
Okay, then continue what you were going to okay. say. I don't want you Over to Over the it. last five games, folks, the Browns' defense has allowed opposing offenses to have their way. Okay, so you're telling me they're going to slow down Pat Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs, who has a completion rate 66%, 8.4 yards of attempts, Okay. Cleese is probably the best receiver tight end in the NFL today. They, how are they going to stop him? It's uncanny that you guys think that this is going to be a close game. Um, I think crowds are going to score at will and make this a shootout. That's what I'm saying. How are they going to score if the defense for the Chiefs is very good, too? Well, the defense for the Chiefs is not very good because the defense for the Chiefs is one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. They're 19 against the rush. I wouldn't call them the worst, but they're more of a middle-of-the-pack, below-average run defense. They're not the worst. The worst is like 25 through 32nd in run defense. And they were 25th at one point. Well, but, Orrin, here's what I want to know from you because this is a weird statistic. Uh, I think it's three of the last ten teams that had a bye that rested their starters lost. Yet, for some reason, Andy Reid is like 26-2 and two when coming off a bye and going into the playoffs. So what do you think of that? And, and how do you think that that is going to play? It's like, because it, that is a really weird contradiction, and it is something that I'm sitting here like, okay, I can see it one way and I can see it another, but, you know, how do you think about it? First of all, let me ask you this. Do you really feel that the – I know you're a Brown – do you really feel the Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl? To the Super Bowl, that depends on the matchup. Uh, if they play the Bills, probably not. Um, if they play the Ravens, because it is so hard to beat a team three times in one year, it is a possibility. Uh, with the matchup with the Chiefs, it is – I think it's a toss-up um, because the matchup is so good and um, at this point. So it's, I'm, I'm looking at matchups more than I am – anything else at this point because the matchups the both positional and otherwise it is a it's it's really competitive in the AFC right now I so do, no, I do not is, see how the Browns will slow down the Chiefs tonight in in a passing game and here's the point I don't expect the Browns to slow down the Chiefs uh, I expect the Browns to make sure the Chiefs' offense doesn't get on the field as much by utilizing the short passes and the running game. I expect them to score because they have been scoring nonstop most of the last four or five weeks. Now, at the same time, I expect the Chiefs to score when they are on the field. So it all comes down mainly to, I think, the wide receiver, number one wide receiver, number one corner position, that's going to be a wash. 
I think it's going to come down to Kels, and I think it's going to come down to time of possession. Because if the Browns can have 10 or more minutes time of possession, that is where the Chiefs are vulnerable. That's where they've lost the most games. This is where the Browns are built to beat the Chiefs. Is because when you have that time of possession game, the Chiefs lose when they have 25 minutes or less of time of possession. But when they have 25 minutes or more, that's where they win. So that is where you're looking at this roundabout here as to the path to victory. It's how long do you have the ball and what do you do with that time? So that is what you're looking at there. Quit if they're down like 14 nothing or something. It's like, no, they're not going to quit. No, they're going to show more fight than they did last week against the Steelers because they have Stefanski back. They have their guys back from COVID. So I think they're going to play with far more intensity than they had against Pittsburgh. And that might be enough. I think this will be the Chiefs' toughest game. If they win this game, they'll win the Super Bowl, but it'll be because they survived this war of attrition against the Browns. Yeah, I, I can totally agree with that. This game. In all honesty, this game could be the game that propels the Browns confidence-wise into a you know the upper atmosphere, but it'll also take the Chiefs if they win to this point that we can't be beat. Throw whoever you want to at us. We're gonna whoop them. We're gonna whoop them. There's nothing left. So, you know, it's like we took the hottest team in the NFL, the hottest offense. And we whooped them. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl. You know, we, yeah, so I think there are a lot of underlying currents here. You have an angry Browns defense, an angry Browns offense. You have a team that's clicking on all cylinders, it's finally healthy. And the Chiefs are, you know, if the Browns win, they're going to have confidence in an all time high. The Chiefs win, they're going to say, what's next? Who's next? You got nothing. We just took the hottest team. Bills Ravens is going to play with as much intensity as the Browns have against the Chiefs. No, but if the Chiefs beat them. They might have more talent. Baltimore and Buffalo might have more talent than Cleveland, but I don't think either team is going to play with the level of intensity in the championship that the Browns are going to play with on Sunday. No, but to Orman's point, if the Chiefs win – there is nobody else who is going to bring that intensity, and the Chiefs are going to be like, "What now?" You don't think that the, the, you, you you don't think that the Bills can beat them? The Bills won them. The Bills have the ability to win them. I I I think the Bills have the ability, but I think at that point the Chiefs will be like, "Dude, you know, it's like." We are, we just beat a team that is as intense, as fiery, as aggressive as any that is playing right now. And you are going to come up and say, you're going to throw a lot of nice long passes against us. You're going to do all this against us. We're going to whoop you. We are going to beat you down. We are going to make you our mistress for a better, uh, yeah, point in term, you know, that will be suitable on this podcast. Um, And I think the Chiefs are very well and capable of doing that. And 
all they need is that one guy that's like, we had three weeks off. We beat the hottest team in the league. We're going to beat the second hottest team I, in the I, league. You got, you, and we're going to go I, into the Super Bowl, and we're going to beat you. It's like, we're going to beat the hottest and second hottest team in the league, and we're going to go on and beat you. So, to your point, Warren, it's, it's like when the Chiefs get done, if they get all done with the Browns, they're going to well, be on a high that says, you can't beat us. We are winning the Super Bowl. There's nothing left. Oh, I think that one of the NFC teams will be very good against uh, Kansas City. Uh, the NFC teams, I think the Bucks and maybe the Packers would have a shot at Kansas City. And I see the Bucks only because Tom Brady's been there, done that several times. It's like you're going to tell Tom Brady, hey, how do you win the Super Bowl? This is how you win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's like, dude, why are you telling me this? I've won like six of them. It's like, I've got the Super Bowl in the palm of my hand. So, you know, it's like, and, you know, so the Bucks have a, I think if anybody's going to challenge the Chiefs, if the Chiefs come out of the AFC, it's going to be the Bucks. Because Tom Brady's going to be like, Dude, I own the Super Bowl. What do you got left? You really think the Bucks are gonna win win tomorrow? No, I think the Bucks are gonna get Chris. Uh, I I have the Saints winning by a touchdown, thirty-one But I think Tom Brady is gonna play with more intensity in this game than either one of the two regular season games he lost to New Orleans because New Orleans just dominated both of those regular season contests to the point where. New Orleans has this in the bag. The point where Orleans thinking, oh, New Orleans is going to win. It's like, that's really the thing. Marshawn Lattimore just dominated Mike Evans in the first two games. I have to think Brady's going to figure out a way to make this game close, but the Saints are going to find a way to win at the end. That's pretty much it for my thoughts on some of these games. How do you feel about this game so far? Um, the next <clears throat> two games, you guys, as I told you, I picked this Kansas City without a doubt. Now we're going we're to move to NFC on tomorrow's game. The NFC is like, um, yes, Tom Brady, <clears throat> Drew Brees. You have two marquee quarterbacks, two veteran marquee matchups. Um, it's in New Orleans. You guys, if you concentrate on the better team as a whole, it's the Saints. I just feel the Saints will keep that and win that game, no matter what Tom Brady has up his sleeve. Um, I just feel that it's, it is the Saints' year. I feel that the Saints will advance to the Super Bowl no matter what stands in their way. Um, and I just feel right now, like you guys said, the matchup will be the Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs when it comes down to the, the, to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not going to go through in detail. Kind of Chris knows wh- how I feel about the Saints. If I go into detail, it's like it's going to be back and forth. But I just see, feel 
if you're if you're putting a, a Saints team that's 100% healthy, they can beat anybody. Yeah, and I chose the Bucks, and the only reason I chose the Bucks is basically precedent. Um, it is so hard to beat a team three times in one season; it's almost impossible. Um, but it it has happened. I I will not, you know, say it hasn't. But the the whole thing is, it's I think this. If the Saints won this game, I would not be surprised. I would not be shocked. I really would not. But it's like learn. It's like you said. If the Saints are one hundred percent, and that's something they have not been for a long while, um, so that is definitely going to put them behind the eight ball a little bit. And so that is where I say. We need to temper their expectations a little bit because Drew Brees has not been the same quarterback as he was before he broke shit. Almost every rib possible and then maybe a couple others that we didn't know existed. You know, it's like he he was breaking ribs when he was sitting down. I mean, it was not good. Well, Drew Brees is not the now. Same I, I don't know what I, I I I hope I hope he is one hundred percent because he has not been the same since then. Uh, because if he is one hundred percent, this game takes an entirely new meaning. Um and this becomes either way, you know, I I said, you know, on the previous podcast that the only reason the Browns and Chiefs were not in prime time was because the Saints and Bucks were playing. And if, because the NFL put both of their prime time games on Sunday because those were the two best matchups, period. And the Saints, the Saints and Bucks are, man, it, it has potential to be the best game of the weekend, easily. Yeah. Easily has the best game, and all we have to do is see which Drew Brees are we going to get. Are we going to get the Drew Brees that struggled over the last few weeks? Or are we going to get the Drew Brees that is an all-time great who has been fighting Tom Brady for all these records? That may make the difference. Well, let, let me uh, look at uh, see what his uh, health is here. You know, you guys can debate all you want here, but uh... yeah, yeah, give it to us, man. Give it to us because that's, I think that might be the uh, kicker. Yeah, there's got, there's a lot of exciting games going on this week in the NFL. It's, it's exciting stuff. The kickoff for the Packers game isn't until 4.35, so we could stay on till 3 if we wanted to, because I thought the game started at 3.30 today, but they start 3.30 tomorrow. And yeah, my, my phone would not like that, because we have been rolling with this for almost four yeah. hours, and my phone is not, you know... Well, we've been over four hours. If you count the podcast we did on Talk Shoe, that was three hours and 30 minutes, and this okay. podcast... Yeah, you know, that that would not be good because I do want to go to the bar and watch all these games. 
because you know it's so we can either have the show at two thirty or three at the latest because yeah it, but Orn Orn what have you found out man what have you found out well first of all last time it was uh, he 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 was suffering was back in December of tw- uh, the second it said doesn't say anything on the internet about his injury that he suffered in uh, November anymore. Okay, that that is definitely good. So maybe it's just the fact that he's been playing himself back into shape. And if that's the case, then awesome, because I that will make for a great game. That will make for, you know, potentially all-time great game. So I am stoked about that. Well, Albert Breer just reported that there's a 90% chance this year's NFL Combine in March will be canceled and they will be replacing it with pro day workouts and uh, at locations in Florida, California, Texas, and uh, Georgia because that's where 85% of the prospects are working out in those four states. So this year's NFL Combine in Indy is most likely going to be canceled. Okay, Debbie Downer, because, you know, we're all hyped up on this playoff thing and finding out information and everything, and then you come up with that little kid. Well, we're out. It's like, do you you want to kill the vibe? Because you're doing a really good job of it right now. It's like, you're you're harsh in my buzz, dude. It's like, come on. All four playoff games. Maybe we haven't covered them in depth as much as you'd like to. And if that's the case, that's on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is on you because you just hurt my buzz. Like, like shit. Come on, man. It, it's right. a divisional round. You know, we got this. And it's like, oh yeah, and the biggest you know collection of talent in college football coming into the NFL is not going to happen this year. Like, oh, come on. Come on. It's not. They're going to have um, it, It's like, report March this Madness next week. In Indy, where the combine usually is. Every <laughs> single March Madness game is going to be in a bubble. All right. All right. All right, Chris. You know what's going on in the, in the United States. You know about COVID. We all know. This actually is not new news about the um, – I, I heard it weeks ago that they're probably going to cancel that. But anyway, I mean, we were talking about the playoffs. Playoffs, playoffs are this weekend. Playoffs are the most important thing right now. Sports fans and uh, NFL minds. So we got to find out who's the winners. I think we kind of came to agreement on some of them. and uh, But we got to see what happens today and tomorrow. And it's going to be fun to watch. Um, who do you think is the best? What is the best game to watch? right now out of all the best game to watch I would have to look at the Sunday games is like I am really torn between the Browns and Chiefs and the Saints and the Bucks because I think both of them have potential to be out of this world but um, at the same time I'm looking at the Ravens Bills because it's like it was said, it's like between the AFC champion, uh, the two a- AFC games, there could be 200 plus points scored. 
but at the same time, you're looking at Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, potentially for the last time. And it's like, come on, you cannot pass up Tom Brady versus Drew Brees for the last time. So I'm going to go with the Bucks and Saints. I mean, that, that could be legendary. And so I'm going to have to go with that one. Yep. And this is going to be a great week of playoff games. I think this, I don't have a single game being a blowout or double digit point win. I don't have a single team winning by double digits. I think this is the first time ever where all four games in one weekend, I have the team winning by seven points or less. This is the first divisional round I think I've covered in the history of Draft Utopia where all four divisional round games, I have the team winning by seven points or less. All four teams. That should tell you how exciting this weekend's going to be. Yeah, but what game? That wasn't the question, Chris. Warren asked, "What game are you I, most opinion?" That's how exciting these games are going to be. I have the Browns Chiefs going to overtime, hey. so I'll put that at one. I I chose the game. I chose the game. You choose the game. Choose a game. Choose a game. I'm ranking. They're all equally exciting, so I'm going to rank the games from most exciting to least exciting. Chiefs and Browns is Browns and Chiefs is number one for me. Number two is Packers and Rams. The Rams over the Packers. Number three for me is going to be the Ravens Bills game, and number four is going to be the uh, Saints Buccaneers game. That's my least exciting of the four games, but it's still a very exciting game. Okay, my most exciting is Chris's least exciting. Orn, answer your own question. What's the most exciting game? Orin's leaving us in suspense. I think I disgusted Orin when I told him that the uh, Buccaneers Saints is my least exciting game, even though it's got the two most exciting well, quarterbacks. Well, that is a rather disgusting uh, point of view. So, yeah, I can see that. But I figure Orin has something. Orin yeah, sure has it. Come on, Orin, man. Don't leave us hanging. Warren, you are connected. You are listening. I think you just want to torture us. I've got some draft news. Thayer Munford is returning to Ohio State, and Justin Ross is returning to Clemson. So Clemson's getting their receiver back. Ohio State is getting their left tackle back. So both of those players are no longer in the 2021 NFL draft. And yeah, I am bringing up draft news because we're draft utopia. We're not sports utopia. So the draft news does take precedent over the playoffs. And Joey's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with this shit? <laughs> okay, I just tried to get a hold of Warren and he... Uh... He's gone again. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah he's also gone off of uh, Facebook Messenger, but yeah, he's I was on Facebook. He's active on my phone. He just saw my message. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I tried to contact him, and you know, it, it didn't get through. So, but thoughts on those two moves? Uh, Justin Ross coming back. Thayer Munford is coming back to uh, Ohio State and Clemson. Because both of them have a chance to improve their stock in 2022. Because if they 
2022 is looking like it might be a little bit thin outside the first round, but you add those two players, Munford and Justin Ross, those guys can both be day two picks in 2022, even though they probably would have been day three picks this year. They come back and they dominate next year. They could be day two picks in 2022. So I like the move for both players. Yeah, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Um, you know, it's like I hope Warren comes back on because I'm really, really looking forward. I want to see what his most, you know, his most look forward to game is of the year. Um, so, you know, hopefully he gets back on here. Yeah, I'm texting him right now. Yeah. To find what his most exciting game of the year is. This feels like an episode of the Twilight Zone until Orin tells us what his most exciting game of the year is. Yeah, I know. Right? It's like we just want to start playing the song in the background. Yep. He. It's like Orin was the one who was keeping this thing together, and now we're just kind of like a rudderless ship. Yeah. So I'm trying to get Orin to. Yeah. It's like we're it's like we're all excited about this weekend's game. Whether we agree with the outcome or we disagree with the outcome, the overall prospects like all incredibly psyched. I think this is the best playoff we've had in a couple years, you know. And we're all really looking forward to everything that's happening here. Um, and that is the that's the common denominator. Like like everything that happens is you know really important on this one. So I'm looking to uh, I'm hoping it's just another technical glitch with the one and he can get back on here real quick and give us his uh, opinion. Because we got four great matchups, the and everything is the stars are aligned. Starting at four twenty-five today, and here's the thing that we really have to look at. You know, when dealing with uh, what's happening today is not only today, but tomorrow as well, the overall schedule, you have... Okay, I'm going in here. I would say this is the most exciting NFL playoffs we've had since 2017 when you had the Patriots and Falcons in the Super Bowl. But I'm trying to think of an exact year you're thinking of because the Packers were the sixth seed. They beat Dallas that year when Dak Prescott had home field 34 uh, All right. So, uh, remember the Packers and Rams are at 435 today, and uh, that is on Fox. And then moving on to tonight at 815 on NBC, you got the Bills and Ravens. Then – Tomorrow on CBS, 3.05, Kansas City and Cleveland. And at uh, 
Then on Fox, 640 tomorrow night, you have the Bucks and the New Orleans Saints. So we are looking at a the matchups, the games, absolutely amazing. Okay, Matt Bowen, who finished second to me in NFL predictions, got some stats for uh, coverage schemes, defensive coverages for each of the teams in the NFL playoffs. The Browns are 28th in the NFL in cover one. They're ninth in the NFL in cover three. They're third in the NFL in quarters. They're 13th in the NFL in uh, cover two, and they're 30th in the NFL in coverage when blitzing. So the Browns need to stay in cover two or cover three. Yeah, so if they play cover one, Mahomes is going to have a field day. The Chiefs are yeah. 18th in cover one. They're sixth in cover two, 28th in cover three. Ew. They're third in the NFL in two-man, and they're first in the NFL in man zero. They're seventh in the NFL when blitzing and covering. So as long as the Chiefs don't play cover three, they might be able to win this one against Cleveland. That's probably Oren's thought process and why he picked the uh, Chiefs over the Browns. Because I didn't know that. That's a great stat. Matt Bowen tied Oren for second place in predictions this year. And he's giving away, like, he's giving away the, um, the, the coverages. The Ravens are fourth in cover one, 19th in cover three, two, 23rd in cover two, third in man zero, and second in coverage against the Blitz. Saints are first and two man, but they're 30th in cover three, 27th in cover two, 24th in cover one, 12th in quarters and 15th in the blitz. And the All right, we're back, but we just took a quick break. And before we got, before we went into a commercial, we were talking about the coverages, the cover one, cover two, cover three um, percentages of each of the 32, each of the play, eight playoff teams based on where they ranked out of 32 in the regular season based on coverage scheme. Those were statistics presented by Matt Bowen of ESPN, who finished second in the nation to Oren and myself. He tied Ford for second place in NFL predictions, but he did a great job breaking down the coverages, like the, uh, the team's success rate on defense and coverage. And that's something, because we knew the past defense rankings, but we didn't know each team's specific rankings and running cover one, cover two, cover three schemes. And that information, that's that's huge because the Browns are awful in cover one, but they're great in cover two and cover three. So now it's like, now that we have this information, it only strengthens our arguments. But what are your thoughts on this? Because I read through all of them right before we went to the last commercial. Well, my thoughts are who isn't horrible in cover one? That's first thought. Uh, cover three... Cover three should be pretty decent in cover three. Um, that's that's something that should be you should be good at. Um, cover two, cover two is a little bit weird. Um, if you you really have to work with cover two, and cover two unless you're working with a Tampa two you're usually working with a zone blitz because you do have to have somebody in the middle of the field or else you're going to get torched over the center. Uh, So you're usually working, when it comes to cover two, you're usually working with a zone blitz unless it's a Tampa two in which the middle linebacker goes back and works as a third safety. Um, 
So I made for the stats. I think the Browns very well may have a little bit of an advantage because who, what players do you have? You have guys that are really good at working in the middle of the field. Uh, so in that case, you might have a little bit of an advantage. Um, so the Chiefs will have to switch it up a little bit. So in that sense, yes. But if the Chiefs do switch it up a little bit, then I have to think, okay, what are, you know, can the Browns get open on a, you know, on a quick read, a quick out, a quick slant, something like that, to take advantage of other things. Um, Quick flag, you know, three to five yards in flag, you know, something like that, because you're not going to be able to take advantage of the middle of that field if the Chiefs play something else. So, so that that's interesting. And with the Browns' analytical minds at the top, it's like you don't think they don't know this information. They know it. They know what they're going to do. You know how they're going to work with it. So. Because they're better at quarters, cover three, and cover two. Cover one is their weakness. The, the Chiefs' weakness, on the other hand, is cover three. They're great in everything yeah. else. Yeah, so and cover three is a pain. You know, cover three should be a really good thing. That just shows that the Chiefs' safeties may not be up to the task. Uh, you want to get these tight ends involved? Because cover three is when you have three defensive backs playing zone coverage. Yeah. And playing man. For anyone who's unfamiliar with the cover one, cover two, cover three. Cover zero is basically all man coverage from all four defensive backs, including the safeties or press. Man or cover press. zero can kiss my ass. That's cover zero. That's what the Jets ran against the Raiders and it backfired. That's what got Greg Williams terminated from the Jets, cover zero. But yeah, cover one, you have one defensive back playing zone coverage. And then cover two, uh, two defensive backs playing cover. A verge two man, um, that's like Tampa two, I guess, with the two safeties, and then you have man zero. The Chiefs well, are up. Man cover zero. two is you have the man coverage on the outside, but then you have the two safeties coming over the top, one on yeah. each side. Cover two, but two man is different than cover two. Two man, like two man under, it's a play you call in Madden, but mm-hmm. two man, the Chiefs are third and two man, and they're number one in man zero. So I'm guessing man zero is cover zero because they don't specify cover zero on here, but they have man zero. So I'm guessing man zero is cover zero. Zero, cover zero and cover four can both take my cowboy boot, take that size 10 and a half, and get a doctor to get it out of their rear end. Does man zero... Matt Bowen lists man zero, but he doesn't list cover zero. So I'm guessing man zero and cover zero have some sort of correlation. It's anything zero. Anything zero, anything four. Um, It's both both a coverage. Yeah. And those type of coverages, they do not give a wide range of 
ability the to adjust. Cover two, and that's the type of defense you have <clears> to <throat> limit the Bills because the Bills, Josh Allen is known for his deep ball. If you are bad in cover two and you're playing, they're 23rd among 32 teams in cover two, the Ravens. So that's advantage Bills. The, the Saints are great in two man, but they're 24th in cover one, 2030th in cover three, and 27th in cover two, but they're 12th in quarters and they're 15th in blitz rate. And they have good corners in Janoris Jenkins and um, Marshawn Lattimore, but they're inconsistent. And I think the inconsistency is due to the coverage schemes that they implement. That's really the thing with the Saints. They have the talent, the players, but the coverage has been inconsistent. And the Buccaneers are 30th in cover one, but they're top 17 in every other coverage. So, And that's a good – yeah, that's possible. Because I remember it, when the Buccaneers played a lot of man yeah. coverage against the Chiefs. Carlton Davis got picked apart, but they also played a lot of man coverage against the Giants, and Carlton Davis had a signature game on Monday Night Football against the Giants. So yeah. that's the thing that really throws me off. Yeah, Because Michael Thomas healthy. He looked good. He had a touchdown against the Bears. So Michael Thomas should win those matchups against Carlton Davis. But if Carlton plays like he did against the um, Bears and Monday Night Football, then maybe the Buccaneers can do, or the Giants, not the Bears, but the Giants. If Michael Thomas plays like he did against the Bears, it's going to be a long day for Carlton Davis. But I think both secondaries are going to struggle, and both quarterbacks are just going to play their asses off since they know what's on the line, both Brady and Breeze. It's, it's not possible. even the coverage. Is for- it's possible. Um, I'm not really inclined to say you know, this is going to happen. I will tell you what the statistics and the facts that it is most likely to happen and the trends that will happen. But when you say, oh, this is what's going to happen, it's like, I can't say for certain that this is going to happen because it's not a thing. It hasn't happened yet. You know, you're, you're talking about theoreticals. And we're not looking at the. I'm sorry, we're not. Ju- we're just not doing it. We're not uh, looking at scientific probability. Nope. But you know, it's like I'm kind of disappointed that Orrin didn't come back on. But you know, like I think we've gotten across between the three of us everything that we needed to. Um, and now thinking about it, it's like, you know, as Oren asking us to say the most exciting things might have been his departing shot. So, you know, I think we got through everything we need to get through and work with everything we've worked through and everything else is going to work itself out. Yeah, I think we did a good job on today's show on Anchor. And if you want any more information from Joey and I about the NFL or any of the four sports, go to Talk Shoe and listen to today's podcast. But if you just want the NFL stuff, then just listen to this shorter, condensed version of the podcast here on Anchor. We hope you enjoy this week's NFL games. And if... I'll bring up Ord's game of the week in the first show we do on next Saturday. And 
Wednesday and Thursday will be MLS draft shows, and then next Saturday will be the AFC and NFC championship previews on Talk Shoot, where Joey and I will break down the AFC and NFC championship games along with the top 40 senior bowl prospects. Joey, we'll see you then. We're signing off. Enjoy your playoffs.